Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. This is brought to our listeners by Hemmings House Pictures and Vision Coaching Inc. Edible Matters, Ripple Effect Music Studios, and Robert Simmons. The best clothing to make you feel and look like Greg and Dave from the Bowling Point Podcast. Com. Robert Simmons, making us look good. Thank you to all of our sponsors that make the Boiling Point Podcast possible. Bam. So Dave, after a couple of weeks of being on an airplane and moving my arms around uh, and hitting people left and right, um, I, I feel a lot better. Good. Good, good, good. So Matt gave you great advice about yeah, two uh, episodes just, ago. Just moving, man. You just gotta move. Yes, you gotta move <laughs> every every forty five seconds. But it, it, it's a good point. Every forty five seconds, if you're sitting for that long, like I do, you, it, it's as close to death as you're gonna get on airplanes. If you have no context to what we're talking about, go back two episodes and listen to the Matt Forgy. <laughs> so listen, there's no transition in this particular... There's uh, no segue? There's no segue. Come on, try one. Okay. So static. Being static is not good for the body, right? But being active is. And, and uh, being active in the community is even more critical to the survival uh, of, uh, of the full ecosystem. Now, uh, for the banking world uh, to, to be so connected with the community, being active, we have to look at the amazing movement of community-run um, uh, groups like Amista Credit Union. How's that for a transition? Is that okay? That's nice. That was okay. Let's ask our guest. Rick, how are you, man? Welcome. <laughs> Rick from Amista Credit Union is on the boiling point. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well, thank you. Hope you guys are doing well too. Yeah, we we always try to do uh, an intro that actually has a natural bridge, and I don't I don't know if I did really good on that one. I uh, I, I tried my best. What do you think, Rick? Oh, it's good. <laughs> he he gives it. you a pass. He gives you a pass. Gives you a pass. <laughs> and an A for effort. A man. for effort. A for effort. So, Rick, why, why don't you give us uh, the proper introduction to to you and also to Mister, uh, who we're very happy to announce have become a B Corp this year, Dave. Wow. Sure. Yeah, we're we're delighted. We uh, we actually did our press release on the sixteenth of February, and uh, we have become B Corp certified, and we're very proud of that. Uh, we are a New Brunswick-owned based company. Uh, we have uh, branches in uh, in Moncton as well as in Halifax, as well, sorry, not Halifax, as well as Fredericton and Oromocto. And uh, our employees have really embraced the uh, the B Corp certification and taken a very active role in it. And uh, so far, we've had some some terrific things happening in our credit union. So what? And what? What? I mean, so we're being quite familiar. Um, I am as uh, through my connection to Greg and this podcast has been full of B Corps. Um, I'd love to hear about your your journey. Well, and maybe a little background on 
um, Omista and you know kind of because I, I don't we, I don't know I don't know enough about about your organization because we don't have you in St. John we yet. don't yeah we, we and, need you in St. John and and, and and clearly Halifax doesn't have you yet so maybe you're giving us some <laughs> you know there's something happening but but you know maybe a little background and then and then you know kind of how it connects with being B Corp sure by all means actually our credit union goes back to 1938 when it was formed as part of the CN Shops Credit Union here in Moncton and uh, we we ba- we basically have grown from a very small credit union to about a, a, a three hundred million dollar managed asset credit union. We uh, merged with the former York Credit Union, which uh, it, we, from Fredericton, uh, which was formerly the St. Dunstan's Credit Union, formed in the basement of a church in Fredericton. We merged with them in two thousand and ten and took on uh, offices in both uh, Fredericton and Oromocto to to increase our branch size to four. Uh, we have a corporate office here in, in Moncton. We've um, we've had quite an interest in in working through uh, CSR and what we call not just corporate social responsibility but cooperative social responsibility initiatives. And uh, in 2015, we we formed a sustainability committee, which was a board and management committee, to focus on what we might be able to do to be a more sustainable company. And uh, we were introduced to the whole B Corp idea, learned about it through uh, one of our board directors who happened to chair our committee, a lady by the name of Amanda Hashi, who I think is pretty well known in New Brunswick. Another guest in the Bowling Point. Okay, super, super. And uh, she, she basically took us through the exercise in, in the latter part of 2015 of, uh, of moving towards B Corp certification. And uh, we have actually, it, it aligns very nicely with our purpose. Our, our purpose at OMISTA is, is that a very simple one. It's called investing in each other. And we have actually gone through a process during the last couple of years of identifying three key themes of where we want to go from a strategic perspective. And um, they're very simply uh, what we call a culture of innovation, uh, the evolving member, and the third one being buy local, bank local. So we felt this really aligned nicely with uh, with those strategic themes, with our purpose statement of investing in each other. And uh, it's been it's been terrific so far. Well, perfect is good. That's great. So you're now. What did you learn um, about your organization as you and so you know the kind of idea that you've you know you've merged and it's been around for a long time and there's um, I guess there's some cultural influences here. But what did you learn as you went through you know the certification process? I guess we learned that we were doing a lot of things well. We were doing a lot of things right. Uh, we also learned that there was a lot of opportunity for improvement. Uh, we we were certainly treating our employees and our customers well. Uh, we had very good uh, standards in place. We had a lot more. We continue to have a lot of things we want to focus on to improve where we're going, to be more environmentally responsible. We're doing a lot of things as we speak. Um, we're very, very engaged in the community. Um, as a matter of fact, we just came out of a an all-employee meeting this Saturday past where uh, we had 56 employees together here in the Moncton Riverview area going out for the day um, looking after uh, or play, placing random acts of kindness oh, wow. upon, upon people in the two cities. And um, we just spent the whole day out there getting our name out. And what we did, we, we called it um, Omystifying. Nice. Uh, we yeah, we, we, we had we had a heck of a lot of fun. Well, uh, we it, it, tell, tell us some of the examples. Yeah, sure, by all means. Uh, we broke off, as I said, into groups. My group, I'll give you an example. We uh, 
went to uh, the hospital. We bought roses and uh, flowers and um, were directed to the geriatrics ward of the hospital where we met with uh, some patients who don't get a lot of visitors. And we basically just brought uh, flowers to them, visited with them, met one lady who just was overwhelmed by our visit and uh, asked for pictures and hugs and everything from our group. We, we went to, um, we helped to feed uh, the, the, uh, the homeless at lunchtime. We fed about, um, I guess, about 70 to 75 people. We basically walked the streets, met up with different people, and uh, offered to pay for their gas, their parking, to help them uh, to pick up lunches for people, to basically do a pay-it-forward gesture. Um, we went to the pet park and to the dog park and um, had all sorts of fun. We were in, uh, we were in the public parks um, giving out treats to children and talking about Omista and what we're all about. And just getting the word out there was fantastic. Is that ever cool? And obviously that was that was received quite well because banks typically aren't doing those sort of things, Rick. Well, no, that's right. And um, the interesting part actually was that we didn't tell employees about it until Saturday morning. Nice. We got them all together, uh, which is quite a feat because we're spread out in quite a quite a ways uh, apart from each other. And um, we got everybody together, and we said, "Look, this is going to be a fun day, but it's also going to be an effective day to actually implement some of the things we're talking about in terms of uh, the buy local, bank local, the culture of innovation, and, and the investing in each other." And we put out a plan, and we put out a challenge, and we said to them, "Go out and do whatever you think you can do to get our name out there and to to, to basically." put in place random acts of kindness. And um, they really, really embraced it. You wouldn't believe how crazy it was. That is that is amazing. Uh, amazing to the point that I want to be uh, a, a commercial client of, of, of you guys. There you go. Great. Uh, but but, but, but th- I think this is a good transition into us uh, uh, figuring out what are the differences between credit unions and banks. Um, you really are speaking to the relatively ignorant here because um, – I, you know, I, I, I've got these assumptions that maybe credit unions aren't uh, for business, but that's probably totally wrong. I love everything that I've learned about credit unions ever since you invited me to come speak uh, to your group when you first became a B Corp. Um, yes. I, yeah, give us, give Dave and I the the pitch and also the comparison between between these two because it's really, um, it's really my type of. Uh, banking, as you're explaining this, and as I'm learning about this, and also the values piece that you're just mentioning right there. Yeah, yeah, by all means, I'd be happy to. And I'm a former banker. I worked for a long time with a chartered bank, so I can contrast what that was like and what it's like in the credit union when I saw the light 25 years ago. And um, it's 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 a totally different type of an organization. Um, we are a cooperative. We're a financial cooperative. We're we're based in New Brunswick. Everything is done in New Brunswick. Everything goes back to New Brunswick. Everything is, uh, all the decisions we made are made here, right here in Moncton or Fredericton. And uh, we offer all the same products and services that the banks do. We just do it better and we do it with uh, the right type of service and focus. And we look at a, at a mixed clientele. We, we're looking at uh, all demographics. We, we appeal to what we call builders between 35 and 54. We also look at pre-builders. We look at millennials. We look at the future. We look at youth. We we really have a focus on business banking. We have a, a very significant business portfolio, business banking portfolio in all of our locations. We offer all the same business banking commercial services that banks do. Um, sometimes, you know, unfortunately, we're well-kept secret. People don't realize what credit unions are all about. Um, we're a better way to bank, essentially, and um, we're basically open to anybody who wants to become a member. Uh, the mere the cost of becoming a member is a big whopping dollar. 
And, um, you know, you get to attend annual general meetings. You get to vote on and have a board of directors in place that you choose to have in place. And you get to say have a say. And, you know, Greg, you, you attended one of our annual general meetings, so you know what that's all about. Yeah. When, we, when we talked about what you're doing and what BCREP meant to us, and we had some great dialogue with our members. What, what point, Rick, in your career, um, I mean, there was a point, obviously, but, you know, what was happening at that point where you decided, I'm guessing, to make a fairly significant change in moving from a charter bank, which I notice is going to remain nameless in this, this conversation, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I respect that, to, um, to the credit union environment. Like, what, what, was ha- what, how, you know, what did it take? I mean, because that sounds like that's a, as a banker, that's yeah. a pretty big, that's a pretty big uh, jump, would it not be? Well, what's interesting in my, in my case, I'm a, I'm a native New Brunswicker, and the bank I worked with, which we will remain nameless, um, it transferred me all over the place. I was in several different provinces, and my most recent transfer was to, to Newfoundland, where I'd never been before. And um, I uh, did, as everybody predicted, I met and married at the age of 29 a Newfoundlander and stayed there for a long time. And the banks have a history of transferring people around uh, at, at their whim and uh, moving them all over the place. And I also got a transfer to Toronto and uh, I chose to stay in the Maritimes. And eventually my wife and I re- relocated back to my home province of New Brunswick. But um, it was uh, a different lifestyle for me because I, I wanted to stay in, uh, I, wa- I wanted to live where I wanted to live, not where the bank wanted me to live. And that's the case with a lot of our employees who choose to leave the bank and come here. Um, we are New Brunswick-based, and you know you're not going to be going too far and not be transferred on the, on the will and direction of, of somebody in a corporate office. So that's, that's my story. So it was about it was about where you wanted to live. What about how you do business? Like, was there something happening there, or without a doubt, without yeah. a doubt, the whole the whole idea of the cooperative system and the fact that we're built on on a cooperative spirit and philosophy, the fact that we're we're oriented to the communities that we give back, that we're locally based, that we're all that meant so much more to me, and uh, it's. Something I've never regretted in 25 years. I just uh, celebrated my 25th year with the system, and uh, I've worked in three credit unions. This one I'm in now, Omista, for the last 12 years, and it's just a totally different culture. And uh, we have great relationships with our members. They love us. They love to come in here. We we have personal relationships. You call Omista, you get a person. You don't get a, a switchboard. You don't get a number system. You don't get a, an answering service. And People value that, you know, and we value it as employees too. What, what, so what, Rick? What makes you guys kind of a relative secret? Like, what is it? How, how is it that, you know, you know, like Greg's statement there earlier, and I've had some exposure to the credit union um, industry, I'll say. Um, uh, but what, what, what is it? This, you know, how come more people don't know? Well, it might be. There's a couple of reasons. It might be because of our name, because of the title, credit and union. We, uh, we we do extend credit, obviously. It's a big component of our business. We, we are not a, a unionized environment from a trade union perspective, but that might uh, put a little bit of confusion in the minds of some people. And quite honestly, we don't have the deep pockets for the marketing and the ability to, to leverage those deep pockets to spend millions of dollars to promote our, our, uh, our name and our brand. Uh, we do work collectively as a group of Atlantic credit unions, and we do promote and uh, work on our image and enhancing our image as best we can. But sometimes uh, the big banks, they have so darn much money, and they, they're able to do these things that we sometimes can't take forward. But we're gradually getting the word out. We're getting uh, we're increasing our market share. We're really uh, we're seeing a difference. We're, we're 
putting our names out in front of people. For example, what we did on Saturday, like we're really getting our names out there. We're going to do the same thing in our Frederick and our Muckle markets uh, in the next little while too. That is awesome. And, uh, you know, going back to some of my questions, because I, I am legitimately uh, curious and interested um, is we don't have, well, we, we, we do have a, a great credit union here in St. John uh, Bayview. Yes, we do. Um, we do. But just, j- j- this is more of a function of, uh, for anybody else who's curious about how they work, would it is is a credit union a credit union a credit union or do you have do you have customers from St. John and from Moncton or definitely Moncton but from like out of you know northern New Brunswick or is it really community like walk down the street customers? A little co- a combination of both. To be quite honest, we have a terrific re- relationship with uh, Bayview Credit Union. They're one of uh, they're they're a fantastic organization. They're the largest in New Brunswick. We're the second largest. Um, we we basically operate together. There's ten credit unions, believe it or not, in New Brunswick. There's um, there's eight that are very active and a little bit larger than the other two very small ones. Um, we work very collaboratively. We have a common Atlantic brand. Uh, yet you'll you'll see credit unions with a little um, what we call a horizon line or a swish underneath it, and then the specific name of the credit union. You'll see Bayview, of course, no missed it to differentiate ourselves. Um, as we progress, there are less and less credit unions. There's a lot of mergers happening in in credit unions. I, I just finished a doctoral dissertation on credit union mergers, and um, I talked about some activities that are happening across the country. We we used to have in Canada about 700 credit unions, and we're down to less than 300 now. So we're seeing a lot of efficiencies. We're seeing a lot of things coming together to to um, make the system stronger as a, as a as a joint as, as joint projects and initiatives and mergers and partnerships and sharing services. I, you know, actually, I'd like to pick up on the uh, dissertation you were describing because I, I I was I'm reading on my cheat sheet here. Um, the title about you know is credit union mergers, psychological contracts, and organizational trust, and I'm just um, uh, from someone who kind of works in that area of, especially around um, supporting culture, you know, sh- shifting or transform, tr- transforming culture and organizational culture. What have you, that must be really, that must have been a really interesting paper to write. And, and I'm just wondering what are some of the things you learned? Yeah, it, was a, it was a fun process. Uh, I did the I did the doctorate over seven years, so it took me quite some time. And it's hard when you're doing full-time doctorate work and full-time CEO work. So uh, it took me a while to finish it. I, uh, I learned a lot. I, um, I really had an interest, uh, personally, I have an HR background, and I had an interest in organizational trust in, in, in workplaces, and I really wanted to, to focus on that to see how the, the um, perceived trust of employees in their organization impacted whether or not they embraced uh, a merger or partnership process and either made it succeed or fail. So that was the whole, the whole basis of my, of my um, framework. And uh, psychological contracts was one of what, what I call an antecedent of organizational trust. And, and there was also, I also looked at a couple other things, communications and organizational justice, but primarily looking at the psychological contract, which pretty simply put is what an employee expects from their employer and what the employer expects from the employee that's not written in either a job offer or a job profile or a job description. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty interesting, actually. It was a lot of fun. I, uh, 
I did case study comparison between two credit unions. I, I had to, for ethical reasons, do it outside of Atlantic Canada because of where I am and where I work. Mm-hmm. So I focused on Central Canada and um, interviewed 22 people, uh, 22 wonderful people who uh, helped in my research. And uh, yeah, it was a pretty, it was a fun experience. It, it really opened my eyes um, to how important it is to to have organizational trust and to be able to. Uh, support what your employer is doing in terms of um, merger and change. And uh, those credit unions that that really had well-defined psychological contracts and their expectations were met, they trusted their their senior team, they trusted one another, and they were successful. Those that weren't as trusting, didn't have the tenants of their psychological contracts clearly understood and defined, were not quite as successful. You know, we we characterized it as... um, marginal slash unsuccessful credit union merger because of that. So yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a great, it was a great process. I really enjoyed it. There, and there's so much for, for any employer to, to dig into there. Um, right. Cause like, you know, related to psychological contracts, right. And this, yeah. um, that, that people, you know, are sometimes unaware of, but you know, there's a lot of contention when, when someone's unhappy, um, as an employee, it often hinges on you know the psychological contract. So it, it must have been interesting to well, and 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 so here's actually maybe the question would I I'd kind of go for um, as a result of that knowledge and awareness in the study, what have you found as CEO of your organization that you're you're doing differently? I think it's listening to and understanding employees and being cognizant of any concerns and apprehensions and worries that employees might have and, and trying to, to um, allay those fears at an early stage and uh, really trying to be open and honest with people. Um, the, more, the more you are open with the projects that you're involved in and the, the activities that you're working on and the more you relate to employees and tell them what's going on, the more likely they are to trust you. It's, uh, trust is earned. I, I'm a strong believer in that. And you have to do that by being visible, by being transparent. And, you know, I, I, I don't mean to switch this back to B Corp, but like when you look at the B Corp certification and what we did and the process we went through, that's a totally transparent right. program. Yes. We, we have everything published. All our results are published. We had to get a score of 80 out of a possible 200. And granted, we came in the 90s and we would love to be in the hundreds, but we're, we will be there next time when we recertify for sure. But everything is transparent and open. And that's, the management style that I like, I like to be an open book and tell people what it is like it is. And it really seems to engender a greater, doesn't seem to, I think I strongly believe it engenders a greater element, a greater feeling of trust on employees. And then they're willing to embrace change and where we're going. Like telling our employees on on Saturday morning about the event that we were doing and uh, getting them to, to relate it to what we're doing in terms of our purpose statement and everything. And, you, you just had instant buy-in. It was amazing because they were all understanding where we're going. They all knew about our purpose, and they just went wild with it. It was great. Uh, well, listen, for what it's worth, I would love to see more CEOs of financial institutions and others that have um, an HR background. I think <laughs> I just think that, and I don't see enough of it. Um, so so um, so I'm 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 bought in. I want to learn more. How, <laughs> how, I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, no, no, like I mean sincerely, and um, and there's nothing worse <clears throat> um, as a as someone who 
who often um, works with um, like a like the VP of HR, and you hear they report directly into the CFO in organization. I always think, oh, how come you're not at the leadership table? You know what I mean? So, um, anyways, that's a whole different topic for another day. Um, but but to have a CEO who who's got that that background understanding is um, I just I can just only imagine how how impactful it is. So so you know where would I learn along with the audience more about about you and uh, Amista and your journey and who you are and what you stand for and all those good things? You know, I'd certainly encourage everybody to go to our website, simple1omista.com, and uh, talk to us, come and visit us, set up a meeting. We, we welcome opportunities to increase our membership. We have that as one of our um, objectives this year, to increase membership. And uh, whatever I can answer, I, I encourage people to write to me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm accessible through the website as well. I love talking to people. I love meeting prospective new members. I love meeting existing members. And, you know, we, we have a story to tell, and we're willing to do it. And the more we do these random acts of kindness and getting out in the community and being becoming involved, like, the more people will understand who we are. And uh, anything we can do to, to support that, we're, we're willing to do it. And we've got a, a strong employee team of, you know, 60-plus people, and they're, they're all of, the sim- of a similar mindset. And they'd be happy to talk to people would that would would your invitation um also um, would you open it up to people outside the region that may be curious about the journey you guys are on uh certainly yeah sure um and, and i mean and i mean that you know because if you know i mean you know, i know you want to connect with members and future members and all that stuff but i i'm guessing there's we have we have a pretty broad audience and um you know you never know who's listening that would may want to reach out oh by all means i'd be happy to talk to anybody that's great. Rick, thank you so much for for all this. And uh, there's a good chance I will be one of those people reaching out to you sometime for further dialogue. <laughs> good. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, man. It, it sounds good. And I, there's, there's something as well. I know it might sound a bit uh, 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 fraternity-esque. Uh, is that even a word? Um, Fraternalistic? That's the word. Is that, um, is that a word? I don't know. Uh, B Corp supporting B Corps. Like, I, I, I would love to do banking with you guys. Um, I just don't know how it works, so we need to have a conversation. And that's what the boiling point is all about, right there. <laughs> Good. Well, I, I will add one thing, if I could, is that um, I've talked to the other credit unions in our province, as well as Atlantic Canada, about the B Corp certification. And I expect you're going to hear a lot more about credit unions becoming certified, because there's a huge interest right now. Yeah, it seems like a natural... Well, whatever whatever's needed uh, to help them go over the uh, you know over that little hump, uh, you call me if you need some backup. Excellent. <laughs> All right, Rick. Thanks, Rick. Th- thanks so much. All right, thanks. So long, guys. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Um, th- yeah. Hey, thanks for the uh, for getting that going. So that's really cool. I mean, that, there's a great example of um, of um, how B Corp <coughs> and that the movement and what you're part of. Um, you know, really supports you meeting new and interesting people oh my gosh, in sectors you... that you wouldn't typically totally. run across, and and yet you guys maybe do very different things in the world, but you're 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 connected by this um, set of values around how you do what you do, and um, and I just you know that's just kind of the that's just neat. It's, it, just it, cool. it, it's, it's cool too, and it's cool. I, I made up a word fraternalistic. Yeah. Uh, but uh, outside of that, it's uh, the other cool thing too, Dave, is that Amanda <coughs> Hashi, who was one of our guests a long time ago, um, I believe it was her anyway. She is the one that connected me to them to be their keynote speaker at their AGM this year. 
when they first became a B Corp. So that's how I got to know Rick and uh, and the whole team, uh, which is which is they're a fantastic group of people. So yeah, this is all exciting. It's uh, it's making my uh, my head spin in a good way, and that's what I love about our our interviews, Dave. We get to uh, we get to learn things ourselves a little bit. Oh, always, man. Yes. Uh, how's your French? New, new words. How's your French? Uh, oui, oui. We we may just, we may need to speak a little bit of French in this next episode. So uh, let's brush it up for next C'est week. C'est bon. C'est bon. Okay. Au revoir, mon ami. Au revoir, mon frère. Okay. So, Greg, you know what? We have the luxury of doing this podcast, which we've enjoyed for a hundred and thirty odd episodes. Um, and the reason we're able to do this is because we've got these great companies supporting us. Um, a couple we should mention. One I'm a big fan of, Hemmings House Pictures. And uh, that's your company. Thanks, Dave. And it is great work. Uh, you just got to go and check out their website to see it. Um, I've actually used you guys a number of times to do a documentary, do a corporate video, and uh, so it's accessible to small and large businesses and wonderful at helping um, business tell story and and movements, you know, help shaping story around, you know, what's happening in the world. So thank you. To HHB. Well, I, I'd like to say thank you to one of the, the Hemings House team members, uh, Tim Davidson. And we're actually in his his uh, other company's studio right now, Ripple Effect Music. So uh, Tim is yet another community-minded person who is essentially donating his studio, uh, the studio that we use at Hemings House to make all of our films sound good. Um, so he's a part of this. Another really important uh, person uh, is Matt, uh, Matt Weber. Mm-hmm. And he his company is uh, Edible Matters. It's an incredible restaurant out in Hammond's uh, Plains outside Halifax, Nova Scotia. He's the one that edits all the all stuff together, puts the show notes together, and uploads these podcasts every single week. And then going back to my good friend who I'm looking at right now, Dave Vale, the big guy with the biggest muscles I've ever met in my life, who also, Dave, you um, you have to know that without you in the early days of me shaping Hemings House, I probably wouldn't have created Hemings House. So um, Vision Coaching has helped so many companies and entrepreneurs find their coach approach and create companies that actually can make the change in the world that they want to see. And uh, so Vision Coaching... Uh, and uh, everything that you bring to the table, bringing Kim uh, in as well to help us make this podcast a a success. We say thank you so much. And the great news, the other night, a few weeks ago, you and I bumped into a previous podcast guest, Mr. Paul Simmons himself. Why don't you tell our our listeners about our, our newest gold sponsor for our podcast? Yes, Robert Simmons is a fabulous place. Um, well-known to people throughout New Brunswick, but also um, you can shop there online, men's and women's clothing. And um, uh, Paul Simmons, who is, uh, I I mean, I think they've been going on 20 years now, the founder of the company, um, brings the customer experience to a whole nother level. I say that because I shop there. um, You know, if you were to say, Dave, you look really good wearing that particular suit, um, I would say, well, thank you. And I would have to credit Paul and his staff, which is fabulous. And it's it's an incredible experience. You've had it before shopping there. Um, what, I look great. Look what, at me. And and what's the experience like? What are they? You walk, you walk into the door. You literally get asked if you'd like to have a, a glass of scotch or an espresso. 
And that's the beginning of the experience. And you walk out with a new set of clothes that makes you feel like uh, feel like a well-dressed man or woman, depending on uh, on what you are as you walk into this incredible place. They have an incredible uh, magazine that they publish, I believe, quarterly. And uh, the next one's coming out, the fall issue of 2016. Um, they always, what we enjoy, and I think what aligns us with what, what Robert Simmons does is is they make a point of, of covering interesting, um, often uh, business-minded, you know, uh, entrepreneurs, um, community leaders in their publication, and they believe in promoting local. And it's coming out soon, and we have the good fortune of interviewing some of the people in the, uh, in the September issue. Coming up, so uh, robertsimmons.com. And uh, yeah, so that's great. Thanks to our sponsors. And if anybody else uh, in, the, in the podcast sphere is interested in helping us uh, push our Boiling Point movement forward, be in touch. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on BlastTheRadio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's BlastTheRadio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter.